Hi guys, just before we get into today's podcast, uh, I want to apologise. Uh, the podcast you're about to hear, um, my audio is not the clearest. It was picking up from my webcam instead of my mic, so I apologise for that. But anyway, enjoy today's podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Four Quarter Talk podcast with myself, Jack Brazil, and my co-host, Josh Brazil. Okay, say what's up, bro? Yo, yo, what's up? Ready to get going. Well, we're going to get straight into this week's podcast. Uh, we haven't taken a two-month break this time, so, you know, we might need to take a two-month break after this, you know. First back-to-back week, you know, it? <laughs> since yeah, the summer. For real. Um, but, you know, this is this is strict lockdown time, so um, ain't much else to do. And there's been a lot of basketball going on, so new storyline every day. Um, we're going to quickly jump into the podcast with uh, something Josh just sent me on Instagram. Uh, NBA releasing its early season MVP rankings. You know, I think it's a bit premature to release MVP rankings before 10 games have even been played. But um, let me just read these out for you, uh, everyone listening at home. So I'll go from fifth upwards. You got coming in at number five, Stephen Curry, who, you know, I, I was kind of slandering last week on the podcast. So that's a bit awkward. <laughs> but. Um, now, to be fair, it wasn't slander. It was more Warriors slander. But yeah. And then you got Joel Embiid at four. Um, had a crazy game against the Wizards the other night, but I think everyone would rather, would see would put jo- Jokic above Embiid. Probably Jokic above really, most it's people. It's really debatable with that one. It's really debatable. Just yeah, he's been good. He's been good. And and the, the Sixers have got a very good record. They're seven yeah. and one. So uh, then you've got your favorite player. PG thirteen, MVPG, MVPG going Make back. A return. His, he made a return. Going right. back to his OKC days. <laughs> then you got uh, the wonder kid Luka Doncic in at number two. I mean, last two games he has been insane, posting you know thirty point triple doubles and all sorts. So you can agree with that one. But this this number one is a bit is a bit dubious to say the least. LeBron James as their favourite so far. And he, he hasn't been bad, but for LeBron, it's been a pretty average start to the year. Obviously, he only had a 71-day off-season and all yep. this, but I'm not sure about LeBron at one. Um, as you said to me, you know, Jokic is a big exclusion of this, of this list. Um, maybe that's to do with the Nuggets start to the season. Hasn't been the best. Um, yeah, they're not, they're not giving respect to my boy Julius Randle, the best power forward in the league, the best big in the league, right? Bro, bro, his numbers are looking crazy. He's posting big, better numbers than Anthony Davis. You would have never Make thought that. Greg, a shout, shout out to Manus, who uh, managed to pick him up for free agency in our fantasy league. I don't know how he, I don't know, that, I don't know how he's, he's got an MVP kind of player in free agency, but I mean, if, if someone, you know, was to tell you Julius Randle would be putting up these numbers, you would have laughed in their face. So, you know. Man, he's, he's, he's a walking triple-double threat. For real. Which is weird, weird to say, but... All right, well, let's let's get into our actual talking points now of the podcast. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about the re, re-emergence of two NBA All-Stars, two perennial NBA All-Stars, uh, Kevin Durant and John Wall, obviously both coming off um, big, 
you know, season-ending injuries. Um, and at their age, 32, and I think John Wall's approaching 30. Is he 29, maybe? Um, but he's he's entering the later stages of his career. You know, they've come back and they, they haven't really missed a beat, either of them. Um, you know, I know this first time with John Wall. I picked him up off free agency in the in the fantasy league as well. He's been he's been doing wonders for me. Um, you know, it was always a question of how him and James Harden were going to gel. Um, and in last night's game, uh, you know, James Harden struggled from the field, but John Wall was there to step up. Um, and that's that's what the Rockets are going to need. You know, they've got a few more weapons this season, especially with Chris Wood as well. So I think the scoring load has been lifted off um, James Harden's shoulders a little bit, and he's got other people you can trust to put the ball in the in the basket. But uh, how how have these two impressed you, Josh, so far to start the season? Um, obviously we knew the talent of I mean Kevin Durant. He's an all-time great. You know, maybe maybe the most talented player physically and skillfully of all time. Yeah. And uh, John Wall, perennial All-Star, two-way player. Uh, my only question of them was their health, and it was rightfully so because those are two, not just season-ending, but career-altering type injuries. Uh, and clearly, I guess, uh, modern science has gotten to the point now where uh, there aren't many career-altering injuries anymore yeah. at, at that high level. But, I mean, there were there were players, you know, just recently. Uh, I mean, we, yeah, we'll hope it's... The same for Clay, but uh, John Wall's new teammate, uh, Demarcus Cousins, hasn't really recovered since his Achilles yeah. injury. And obviously, we hope for the best with them too that they'll be able to keep it up. But it is still early, you know. We're, still only, early games, yeah. we're only seven games in, and sometimes the case, especially that it was with uh, Cousins, was that even because Cousins came back pretty like performing quite well for the Warriors as well. But sometimes the Achilles injury can lead to further injuries afterwards. Yeah. So. We we'll hope that they'll be able to um, keep it up, but yeah, it's been it's been crazy to see. John Wall looks just as quick as ever. Yeah. Uh, well, he said he, he came back even quicker, didn't he? Yeah, he, um, he might be. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he's looking insane, and then KD, you know, first play of the season, ripped through dunk. So yeah. Well, you know, John, John Wall has had nearly you know two full seasons off with that injury. I think he got injured in January of twenty nineteen. I think that's when he got injured. So nah, he, I think he got he got injured uh, December 2018. Oh really? So yeah, he's been up for two full years. Yeah, so he's been he's been away from the game for a while, but uh, he, you know it doesn't really look like there's any rust like yeah. coming back. And he suffered with two two different injuries as well. He had the he's, actually, he's actually shooting the ball better than I remember him shooting it as well. Yeah. Um, I, so, you know, that's that's always a positive. Maybe, you know, he's had a lot of time off to maybe work on his jump shot. So, you know, he, he, he does look a real threat and a real good pickup for the Rockets. You know, those there were obvious question marks when they picked him up uh, in that trade for Russell Westbrook. Um, but it looks it looks like a, a very good deal for the Rockets, but not really such a good deal for the Wizards so far. You, uh, one of the worst teams like, in the league. I mean, um, we, could talk, we could talk about the Wizards. I don't know if I want to right now, but... That, from me, I've watched quite. I've watched a, a fair amount of their games so yeah. far, and I think even if they had John Wall, like their defense is terrible. Yeah, like horrifically bad. Yeah, it's because um, their big men aren't really 
Um, yeah, Thomas Bryant might be like the worst defensive big of those. Yeah, seen. and then Davis Bertans is not is also not known for his defense either. And they threw him a bag this offseason as well. So he's a sniper. But I was seeing in the game against the Sixers, um, he was doing like fadeaway threes and stuff. I was like, yeah, he, he must be confident to say the least. Yeah, but if they um, even had an average defense, I mean, they they'd be. They'd definitely be a playoff team. Yeah, because they got one of the best guard tandems in the, in the league. Team, yeah. um, so, I mean, yeah, the trade looks quite even. Well, it dep- I get... It, dep- it depends where, yes, you, where you see fit, the Rockets. If you're getting a 2017 level... Wrestling. Yeah, if you're getting a 2017 level war, he might fit more, especially with this new Rocket system. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. You know, they couldn't... It couldn't ask so much more from you know Westbrook wanting out. So yeah, well, I think it was a true. I, I would say it's a trade that suited both parties. But do you think the Wizards had a need to trade John Wall? Um, I don't really think they did. I I saw rumors that uh, Bradley Bill kind of wanted it as well. So in that oh, case, really? in that case, you want to keep your player happy as well. But they have other issues to to solve. Whereas with the Rockets, um, what I thought was going quite underrated over their summer was those other acquisitions. Like mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that Christian Wood uh signing, yeah. I was like people. I was like Russ should Rush should just stay, to be honest. Yeah. After that signing. And then being able to get the Marcus Cousins who hasn't he hasn't been special right now, but just the fact that um They've, they've kind of went away from, you know, having a strict small ball type system, but still had players that can stretch the floor. Yeah, yeah. So, well, for me, Christian Wood looks like the pickup of the offseason so far. He's been yeah. immense for, for the Rockets team. Um, one. He, he's yeah. an incredible pickup, whether they keep or trade hard. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah and he's, he's, he's not as young as some people might think, but he's, you know, he's coming into, you know, he, he started to break out um, towards the back end of last year, and he's he's just continuing that emergence. Um, and he looks he's getting better every game I watch him. So uh, he looks like a really smart pickup. And maybe you know Demarcus Cousins, you know, has helped John Wall get off to such a quick start um, at life in Houston. You know, they're both teammates in Kentucky, so yeah, yeah they wanted to play. Well. Yeah, so that that could have helped John Wall settle in so easily. Um, but Speaking of, going back to KD, uh, obviously, you know, coming to the next team with a lot of pressure, and they've, I, th- I think they've delivered so far. They've had a, a, a few shaky moments, but I think a lot of that's due to injuries. Like, I, I feel like as soon as Dinwiddie went down, yeah, um, too, too much pressure has been put on the shoulders of Karis Levert to like, score for that bench unit, I think. So when, when their bench comes in the game, it doesn't look um, they don't look that strong, so that's going to that's you know, proved to be a big miss so far. So they got to learn how to rectify that. But KD's been very good so far, but obviously, unfortunately, he's going to have to miss um, a week with the new uh, COVID nineteen protocols, um, which is actually causing havoc on the league so far. Uh, a lot of players missing time with this new protocol that you have to isolate if you come into contact with anyone with the virus um, and 
and COVID-19 is actually starting to infiltrate certain teams' camps. You know, we saw the Sixers, uh, Seth Curry has tested positive, and um, the Celtics as well. I think three or four players have to isolate now, including Jason Tatum. Uh, it's, it's getting to a worrying stage, isn't it, Josh? Yeah, um, you had to think that, obviously. They had a lot of success in the bubble, but that's not a sustainable option throughout an eight, a 72-game season with yeah. the amount of teams, because obviously they went into the bubble with 22 teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're being uh, very, very careful. They've brought in a lot of like new measures, like having kind of mini-series type, uh, mini-series within uh, the schedule of having a, a team go to a certain city and play all their games there at the same time. So that's that's made things quite interesting. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think they still. I saw uh, Sham Sharania uh, reported that I think they had four cases, uh, four cases at the end of the week. So mm-hmm. still not terrible. Um, I wasn't really expecting them to be able to, you know, live up to the you know zero cases that they had in the bubble because they don't have that yeah. closed environment. But um, yeah, it is getting a bit. Like last night, there were a lot of there was a lot of noise. Going into what into that with Embiid, uh, he's decided to, you know, self isolate mm-hmm. um, with uh, until he finds out whether he's like tested positive or not. Uh, because well, he appa- apparently the Sixers have put their entire team in quarantine. Have they not? Yeah. So what? they're going to remain in New York um, for. Well, they remain in New York uh, last night. Um, and they're going to travel back today, I think, but they will have to quarantine, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of precautionary uh, measures being t- uh, taking place right now. Because they're, stop- they're worried Seth Curry had coronavirus while he was playing. Or he, he did have coronavirus while he was playing, didn't he? So that's why they're worried, I think. Yeah. Uh, that it could have gone to, um, you know, the team they're playing against. And also, uh, even it's even happened to the Bulls, you know, Chandler Hutchinson, and Thomas Saransky both have positive tests, so you know these are these are worrying signs. And you obviously worst case scenario will be another suspension of the league, uh, which we all hope to avoid that doesn't happen. So I feel like for me at least one of one of the things you know that gets gets me through these lockdown periods is sports helps a lot, yeah. and, and I think that helps for a lot of people as well. Been a big part of people's lives during this yeah, lockdown, for sure. I think that's why governments around the world are continuing to like put on sports. I know there's the money aspect, which is going to be the, the, you know, the root of it all, but yeah. a lot of it is to keep people's sanity, I think. Uh, so uh, keep, keep an eye out on, on the NBA, see what, see what measures they put in. You know? But I do trust, if I trust any man in America to sort with coronavirus, I trust Adam Silver. <laughs> yeah, he was honestly. So, he was so successful the first time around, you know. I'm sure he he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I trust they have contingency plans for this. Yeah. Uh, and we did, and I have closely looked at um, the NFL, who don't have quite as uh, rigorous a schedule, but they yeah. have they have been able to get through their season uh, going into the playoffs now. So hopefully, the NBA should be able to manage to do that as well. Yeah. Well, they they've been telling players to. Um, Take different measures like start wearing a mask on the bench and things like that. So you know, little little steps so far, but um, I do feel like there is going to be bigger precautions to come. Um, yeah, definitely. But, but it's it's especially bad with the NBA. Like obviously they tried to do these back to backs where it's like mini two game series where you 
you stay and play the same team on back-to-back nights but or, or back-to-back game days or whatever but um you know because in the nba you're traveling everywhere um that could also you know make the spread of the virus more susceptible to basketball players because they're, they're traveling all around the country and like uh, and this is this is 500 players, you know, and then coaches for every team, you know. Not you can't you can't fully trust as much as you want to. You can't fully trust all these grown men to follow, you know, every single yeah. rule, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard to really adjust to that type of lifestyle because we're talking about millionaires here who are used to being able to, you know, go wherever they want to yeah. during these yeah. road trips and things. So it's hard. It's it's definitely a test of discipline, and um. Yeah, uh, definitely envisioned, you know, setbacks. They started the season quite quickly. So, I mean, yeah, they, they definitely, they're definitely going to have to work really hard to get to the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, he's already said there's, there's going to be no All-Star weekend this year. Yeah. Which um, obviously sucks, but, you know, whatever, whatever steps they have to take to them, for them to complete the season and get to the playoffs, I think they've got to do it from, you know, from a financial standpoint and from just like a sensible, like a sensible standpoint. You know, they've just got to do whatever they can to pro- progress the season as much as they can. Um, and they'll be looking to contain this outbreak, but who knows, man, with this around the world coronavirus, we don't, like, I feel like no one knows how to handle it uh, properly. So. We'll see what happens. Uh, keep updated on that situation. Um, and Josh, I believe you wanted to talk about some comments made by a certain Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. You know, four-time champion, you know, regarded as the most dominant player ever. Yeah. Uh, definitely a top, I don't know, shall we say top five? Top five. Player all time. Oh, Laker! I thought you were gonna say terrible time. Oh, he might. Yeah, he might he be might a top. Be. Five. He, he a top. He, he's a top. Four rings, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a top yeah. five to seven player. You can put him anywhere between, you know, five and ten. Yeah, definitely, definitely top ten. Definitely. Yeah, as a big man too, yeah. top like top three probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, he make made even more. He he's one of the richest athletes of all time as well. Yeah. Just as a businessman, you know, and yet he still feels the need to. Go at every big man that does anything <laughs> ever. <laughs> he just, like so. Obviously, it started with you know it started with a light-hearted you know, uh, Shaq in a full you know the love like the beloved Shaq in a full yeah. show, uh, where um, Javel McGee you know took it a certain way, fair, which is fair enough because yeah. obviously is a joke, but at the same time it started to it started to affect his overall perception. You know, he, he wasn't getting contracts because of. Yeah. The perception of him being, you know, a boneheaded player and things like that, yeah. and he's now been able to revive his career. Yeah. But um, and then actually, it started before that with Dwight Howard, who he seemed to feel some type of way about because literally because of the because he kind of stole his Superman like yeah. uh, mantra or whatever. But yeah, um, he recently went at um, Rudy Gobert like complete like. Completely unsolicited attack for no reason, which, which I, I feel like it stems from him uh, becoming the highest paid big man of all time. Yeah, but um, yeah, he he <laughs> he started on on like, on reeling like, like several posts talking about how oh, he he only scores eleven points per game. You know, he just made another comment. What like, what what was that? The, the Twitter post literally had nothing to do with 
Let's go back. Yeah, he's talking about. <laughs> who's he talking about? Yeah, they were talking about Jamal Murray. Yeah, they're talking about Jamal Murray. Yeah. <laughs> needing to play uh, better outside the bubble, and then he just randomly brought up uh, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. So it's a weird. It's, it's weird. I don't understand the insecurity there. I mean, okay, you think about, is, do you think that's what it stems from? Insecurity. It's definitely insecurity, which I don't understand. I guess. Uh, I don't know. He might feel some type of way about uh, people talking about how he didn't work hard enough, and like maybe he feels like he left something out there. You know, you had the interview with Kobe where he was like, "Oh, if you play, if you work your ass off, we would have won like eleven rings or whatever." Yeah. But I, I'm not sure what it is to be honest. I really don't. Do you think it's? I think it. I just think it's him trying to play up to this this character. I think this this Kilo Neil on TV that you see is it kind of a character in a sense. Um, no, yeah. maybe the producers are in his ears telling tell him to. Uh, I mean, he's doing this off the show on Instagram, wherever. Yeah, like, but and like, I feel like he's someone that would indulge in you know, in these jokes, you know, just to just. To, I feel like he's a massive troll, basically, is what I'm trying to say. I think, yeah, um, I think it's one thing when he's you know talking about you know, uh, when he's talking about Javale messing up on the court or like yeah. Dwight Howard stole my Superman thing, but like when he goes to money, I'm like. Yeah, you know, it's a bit more personal, isn't it? Yeah, and there's a lot more money in the league now. So obviously, yeah. every like if Shaq's in the league, you'd have a three hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, people are gonna keep be people are gonna keep going over. Like you know, uh, who was it? Mike Conley was the highest paid player of all time at one point. You know, that's how yeah. it goes. So it's weird, and I think this is part of a bigger problem as well. That's putting a lot of people off um, sport, off basketball. Uh, compared to other sports, it, it's something interesting I saw on Twitter is the difference in commentary. Because a lot of the time, because they tried a couple of years back to have the uh, this thing called, um, I think it was like NBA player, players only, where they had uh, players commentate. And the thing is, you get with a lot of these old players, apart from, I guess, like Alan Iverson, is a lot yeah. of these players seem to just hate on like all of the new players, all the new style of play and all of that. Um, and it's just not good for the product when yeah. the people that are supposed to be promoting it are just, like, hating on every yeah. aspect of the game now, where you have, like, in other sports... Um, I haven't watched a lot of football recently, but you uh, you can say, but at least American football, a lot of the commentary is more, like, analytical-based and, like, just, you know, talking about plays and things, whereas yeah. in the NBA, it's just like, oh, they're shooting too many threes, the bigs need to get in the post more, like, you know... Well, I think football really is, is, is a bit like that as well. Yeah, I think football is a bit like that as well. It's like when, when a player goes down and tackle, he's like, oh, it's, the game's too soft these days. Or um, you know, things things like that, like silly things like that, and stuff with VAR, uh, things that, you know, are kind of diminishing the, the image of the game yeah, in its current, some... current state. Because um, then all the casual fans start to adopt those same, you know, those same thoughts as well, and it yeah. puts them off. You yeah. get you get these like you get these like casual like twelve year olds that are like oh it's so soft now yeah MJ MJ wasn't that that didn't even play it. I mean didn't even watch it at the time but like they're just you know it's not great it's better when your product is being promoted in a certain yeah. way in like a positive way so yeah, yeah I, sure. I definitely feel the difference between you know if uh, Charles Barkley is talking about it compared to like Kevin Harlan or something like yeah. So, yeah, no, nah, that's that's just an interest. Yeah, that's an yeah. Interest. It's, it's it's interesting, like, because these are people like Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley and all the TNT guys. Like, they, I think they need to understand what their role is on how the game is portrayed of today. Like, 
maybe they don't they don't necessarily understand the weight of their words. You know, to them, they're just talking about basketball. But to you know, as you said, the younger generation of fans, you know, they hear they hear the name Shaquille O'Neal and they'll probably take his word as as gospel um, because he's an NBA legend. And a lot, of, even a lot of old people will be the same. Um, so that's. You know, I, I would hate I would hate for Rudy Gobert to like people to think of Rudy Gobert as like a scrub because of what Shaquille O'Neal says. Because yeah, it's just a, a casual take to say. As much as he, I mean, it, it's a big contract, but that just shows that shows his value to the team yeah. and to their franchise, to the city, and like obviously diminishing him to eleven points per game is like just that that that's not a fair portrayal of what he brings to the team. Yeah. I'm also not a, I'm not a big fan of in any sports um, like holding numbers against like, the athletes like contract yeah. numbers or transfer oh fees in football. Yeah. I, I don't like that because it's too, if we're being honest, it's nothing to do with the athlete. It's well, it's a reflection. No one's going to turn down. talent, but it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. There's no agent. Yeah. If my agent said, if my agent ever said, you know, oh my player's not worth that much, I'm firing him. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you're going to take yeah. what's off. You're yeah. going to take what's offered to you at the end of the day. Yeah, you're worth what anyone's willing to give you. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that is a strange beef. Um, and I've just, I've just seen on Twitter now. Uh, um, Shaquille O'Neal put out. Did you see his Instagram post? Oh, uh, is it the the one with? Wait, which one? The it's one a picture where he's about the best players, of all, the best bigs of all time, or whatever. No, it's a picture of Shaquille O'Neal dunking a really good bear. <laughs> and, the, and the caption is, I would have had 45 points, oh, 16 yeah, yeah, rebounds, yeah. 10 missed free throws and three quarters. He would have had 11 points, four rebounds, and fouled out in three quarters. And then really go bare commented, laughing emojis, I guess we'll never know. So that is weird. When you're, when, you're directly, when you're directly like trying to clown him on your Instagram, that is strange. Yeah, I don't think there's any producer in his ear telling him to put that post out. Yeah, yeah, no way. Uh, that's, a bit, that's, that's a bit much. Cause I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, like his, 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 uh, his, the, the like the the view of like Shaq is that like, he's like you know a fun, lovable, big guy, you know. Yeah. And there's nothing. His his legacy cemented. Everyone calls him the most dom- dominant of all time. You know, like there's nothing. He has nothing to prove. He has nothing to defend. No one. Yeah. No one's ever comp. Until until he, he brought it up himself. Get or anything like that. Like, until until he why? spoke Gobert's name, no one's ever compared them to ever. Yeah. There's never been a comparison before. So yeah, it's just really strange for sure. Yeah, but uh, moving on from that strange beef, um, Joshua, I understand you wanted to uh, introduce a new format to the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, just trying to get trying to get new new little uh, activities that we can introduce into things. We'll, we'll switch it up, but yeah, for this week we're gonna go we're gonna buy or sell stock. So yeah. we put together a list of teams or players, yeah, uh, just different trends that are going on right now, and whether we where whether we buy or sell. So basically, how how much stock we put into it, and how much we think that. Uh, that type of play is likely to continue, whether it be positive or negative. Yeah, or the team as well. Yeah. All right, so let's, without further ado, let's get into it. Give me, present the first slot. I want to, you know, I want to hear a pitch and everything. I, you know, you got you to sell this, sell this to me. 
All right, so first one we're going to the Knicks. The Knicks, okay. By ourselves on the Knicks. So you've got, obviously, you've got, as we alluded to, Julius Randle playing out yeah. of his mind right now. Uh, <laughs> an MVP level right now. Um, yeah. RJ Barrett's starting to pick it up. He he didn't start with the best efficiency. Yeah. But he, he's starting to play a little bit better now. Um, and just their overall culture for the first time in quite a while. They've they've got Tom Thibodeau, who you're definitely uh, used to, uh, with your, formerly with your Bulls. He's just brought a new culture to them where they're playing a lot harder. There's there's games where um, they would have just laid over. You know, it's just yeah. it's that it's that type of culture that that develops over years of tanking. Where as soon as you get down, you're just like, okay, yeah. games over. Are they yeah. really fighting into it? They've had game. They've had wins against, I think, the Nets against the 76ers. They've had they've had like very uh, impressive wins. Mm-hmm. Let me see their record right now. Uh, five yeah, and three though. Yeah, five and three. So they're above five hundred, fifth fifth in the East. So yeah, you buy or sell on the Knicks stock for this season? To, yeah, for their play. What? All right. So I'm going to preface this by saying. The Tom Thibodeau thing, you know, obviously I'm familiar with Tom Thibodeau's coaching style and, and stuff. I think Tom Thibodeau has a has a style of coaching that he 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 will want you to put everything into his team, into his philosophy. And we've seen teams reacting in two ways to this. You, it either works a treat and players will run for a wall for Tom Thibodeau, or players retreat and you know shy away and and start, you know, bashing the coach for, for working them too hard, um, like we saw on the Timberwolves uh, with Andrew Wiggins and stuff like that. Um, obviously, clearly for the Knicks in the early season, they've responded well to this treatment. Um, I would have never th- thought Julius Randle could become a franchise player, um, but here we are. Uh, but if if you were asking me uh, to buy ourselves stocks in this. New York Knicks team. I would have to hold off. I I I would not be buying those stocks right now. Um, I think you know eight games played, five and three records. It's you no, know, it's not what it's not what you associate with the Knicks, and that's exactly why I wouldn't buy it because I don't really trust them. You know, the reputation precedes them. You know, I, I don't really trust this Knicks team. They've got a few d- decent players, but overall the roster isn't extremely talented uh, they've got players who are stepping up this season but can we put 100% trust in them to continue on we don't know um, you know the East isn't exactly stacked but I think it's just I think it's too early to to get hyped about New York Knicks um, yeah it's just way way too early way too early yeah um, I'd have to, yeah I'd have to sell it to uh, yeah yeah you a team that sure has that reputation for, you know, being just the laughing stock of the league for that long. Uh, it's just too different right now, and we're only eight games in. But for the long term, uh, yeah, Knicks fans just have to be patient. I think this is this is the type of change you want to see. You don't want to just see. This isn't uh, obviously Randall is playing out of his mind, but having actual fundamental change of you know Tom Dib- Tom Thibodeau bringing in a totally new culture. You know, he's he just signed. Uh, yes, I think last night he just signed um, Taj Gibson. So he's he likes bringing yeah. in his players uh, from that from that Bulls tenure. That really, you know, those veterans that can bring in yeah. uh, 
to kind of help him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't, yeah, I don't expect them to hold up, you know, record wise. But I think this is the start of the Knicks becoming respectable long term. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. For, for strictly for this season, yeah, I have to, I'd definitely have to sell. Yeah. Um, they've definitely got, there's teams on their tail that have shown that they have more talent than them at least and that uh, they're more likely to, to overtake that. Because right now you've currently got the Bucks behind them, the Nets behind them, the Hawks behind them, the Heat behind them, and the Raptors. So, yeah, Bulls. I mean, we expect them to stay there. <laughs> but yeah, you've just got you, you've got too many teams there that are consistent and that have you know high level players. So, but it's definitely a great place to start off with, you know, with a team that's you know a couple of seasons, a team that's just used to trying to ta- like their their fans are just used to tanking. And the only thing that I think is a shame is that they don't have you know. Their fans in attendance, they really deserve to, to be able to witness this in person yeah. right now, where they're playing right now, because they don't this is a team right now that's really, that's really fine for them, that's really embodying that, like, not, like the 90s Knicks t- type of play with, with players like uh, Charles Oakley that were really, like, yeah. willing to die. That's the type of culture that they're building right now. Yeah. And that that's only... If you have that culture, then that's when you're going to start to get those... Um, but star free agents because New York sells itself. Yeah. I mean, if they had, I mean, you never know what would have happened if they had this type of culture when Katie and Kyrie were free agents. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction. But yeah, I'd have to sell for this season. Yeah. Well, I think I think every, everything starts with that mentality and coaching, you know, um, similar to what the Heat possessed, and that took them all the way to the NBA Finals. Uh, so. That's the building block, I think, for any franchise that wants to turn yeah. around their, their fortune. I feel like um, a lot of teams are starting to learn that just tanking is really detrimental to yeah. your future. Like the Knicks, you can the, have the all Knicks. the all the talented pieces you want yeah. in the world, but if they're not if they're not bought into the franchise, then it's not it's not going to go work. Because you've got the Heat, who they lost they lost LeBron, they lost you know D Wade for a stretch and Chris Bosh, and they never tanked. They just kept it going. Yeah. And then you, you just start to get those players anyway, like where like culture is just a lot more important than just, you know, trying to have a, trying to get a savior every year. And then as you, that's that's what the Thunder are doing right now as well. So you're yeah. just seeing a lot of teams start to do that. And that, that just works out works out better in the long term. All right, Josh, what's the next stock you're selling me? Uh we'll we'll go Luca. This is a pretty quick one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he I, bet, started, I need every stock available. Every yeah, stock he started. He, this was before last night that yeah. I that I this together, but uh, he started off uh, fairly cold. Yeah. You know. This this segment is kind of you know we could have done. Did we do? I think I feel like we already did a segment on another. Did we do one about? Oh no, it was it was an episode we were going to do, but uh, about recency bias. I mean, yeah. we've done that before as well. And just how quick people are to turn on to turn on a player. Uh, Luca started shooting pretty hor- like horrendously yeah. from three and things like that. Because uh, th- going into the season, he had you know they had everyone had high hopes. He was the odds-on favorite to win MVP. Uh, but people were quick to, people were quick uh, to turn on him after a couple of bad games. But yeah, you, pff, I'm buying everything. I'm buying yeah. I'm buying stuff from Luca for the next ten years, man. <laughs> 
Sell buy I'm buying that, bro. I'm buying when, that. when you talk about that once in a generation type level, um, this is that this is that man. Um, you could launch it. You know, as you said, he started the season pretty poorly, uh, but that was you know probably an indictment of the of the short shorter off season. Yeah, he just uh, seemed out. I don't think. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't come. Kind of playing himself into shape. He didn't uh, come he in fit definitely. that last season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but now, now that we're starting to hit a stride and, uh, you know, things are getting back, back to normal in terms of rhythm and stuff, uh, you know, the past few games against the Rockets, he had a 30-point triple-double with 16 rebounds, and then against the Nuggets, he was one rebound shy off a triple, another 38-point triple-double. So, you know, uh, not not bad uh, little run there, and I, I obviously expect him to carry that on. You know, I, this, is a, this is a man I, you know, believe highly in, uh, so much so that you know, I w- I wouldn't be surprised if when it's all said and done, he's in the goat conversations. Um, yeah. you know, few players have started their career like he has. Uh, he's in his his third year now, and uh, he's just he's just gone from strength to strength to strength every season. Um, his progression is scary to see, but it's also like very entertaining to see. You know, he's one he's one of the players that you know are tuning to watch his team just because of him. Most times, you know, he's one of those like must watch. He's much, much, must watch TV. Luka Doncic, and there's there's few players in the NBA I can say that for, but he's he's definitely on that list. Um, so yeah, I'm buying everything you've got. Everything you've got. Yeah. All right. So next we'll go to the Toronto Raptors, who currently sit at one and six with the fourteen. 14th record in the East. Um, they've had a terrible start. Uh, they, they're definitely missing uh, Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol yeah. uh, in the interior. And then you've got Pascal Siakam, who hasn't really seemed to... You know, he, he seemed to got exposed in the bubble, and that's kind of that seemed to continue. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not looking great for them. No, they've uh, got the second worst record in the entire league, only in front of the Detroit Pistons. So. It's, not, it's not looking great for them at all. But that being said, just how low they are, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to buy because yeah, I don't see them. They're not gonna, they're not gonna be battling for the first seat for the first pick in the draft. Um, yeah, they have too much culture there. Uh, they have the they have the reigning coach. coach of the year, yeah. you know, uh, and they they still have the heart of champions, you know. Um, so I think they will improve, but they I don't think they'll ever really get back without without a, without a high quality free agent. I don't think they're going to be able to get back to to that contender status though, because I think they're slowly heading back towards the the record yeah. five six years ago that we get swept yeah. in the first round by LeBron James. Um, yeah, Siakam is not that guy. Yeah, Siakam. You know, no. until he until he expands his game, um, you know, how many spin moves can one man do? Yeah, spin move only take you so far yeah. in that league. You start calling him a Beyblade because you know, <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw, <laughs> I saw, I saw them. <laughs> But, I just kept seeing it. Uh, the vision spinners with like his yeah. with like, logo all over Twitter. I was like, "What's going?" But um, uh, I think I think the Raptors are one of the teams that have 
uh, felt the loss of their fans the worst. Because, um, you know, Raptors, Raptors fans are notorious for being, like, extremely loud. Um, I mean, they're not even in the same... Forget, forget empty arena. They're, they're in Tampa, Florida right now. They're not even... Yeah, exactly. Arena. So, so you know, yeah, they're definitely feeling it. I think, I think that's, a big, that's a big impact on them. You know, I feel like the, the, when they're in the 2018 finals, the Raptors fans were such a big part of that win. Because um, they were, you know, deafening every night. And then even... Um, yeah, the six, the six was, that, was, it, was it called? Was it called Jurassic Park? That little, yeah, Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah they had, up up there. they had that. Um, so you know, that's that's definitely an underrated aspect of why, and then probably an unspoken about aspect of why they're doing so poorly. But um, also, like some some of their star players, like Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam, just haven't showed up. Van Vliet's been pretty good actually, but um, Lowry and Siakam haven't uh, got. And, and to add to that, um, obviously being able to retain Van Fleet is, po- is a positive for them. But um, what we've kind of seen is that they're trying, so they're clearly trying to prepare him to take that Lowry type role with Lowry getting old. But it doesn't seem like he's a type of player that thrives on the ball. It seems like he's more of an off-ball type player, more of a two-guard. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of they're they're having a, a couple growing pains in terms of trying to find out what role works for him and for his new contract. You know, yeah, with, uh, Lowry getting older. Yeah, I, but as you said, you know, with with this stop being so so cheap at the moment, with them being right at the bottom of the league, I'd have to. I think I'd have to buy as well. You know, you with with a team with so much experience, you'd expect them to. Um, Figure it out eventually. At uh, least, at least in the regular season. Yeah, at least in the regular season. I, I don't think, you know, even if they do make the playoffs, you know, I think the top of the East is, is way too strong for its current iteration of the Raptors uh, to get anywhere in the playoffs. But, you know, with a with the coach that they have, uh, with some of the vets that they have, I would expect them to get up back around that. Six, seven, eight spot. So I'm. Um, I would buy as well. Yeah, I would buy as well. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. All right. So for the next one, you've got Paul George. Uh, oh, balling right now. He's um, balling. Looking like the best player on the team. Uh, he's look, he's looking like an MVP candidate as reflected in their uh, in their rankings right now. Um, yeah. He yeah he he's shooting I think around almost fifty percent from the field and if you look let me. Let me try to find the actual. But he he is absolutely shooting the lights out. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they had uh, they had that game where they where they lost by abs like they they had a historically yeah. like, historically against bad. the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, against the Mavericks. But apart from that, yeah. So this season he's averaging uh, just under twenty five points, uh, just uh, around seven rebounds, five assists. Uh, shooting fifty percent from the field, fifty from three, and ninety-five from the free throw line. Wow. So he's absolutely balling. Definitely coming back, came back with a chip on the shoulder. Yeah, uh, he heard you talking about him, and he was like, "I got, <laughs> I got him wrong." Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting with him. It's always interesting with him. Uh, yeah, well, I would, yeah, go I, on, go I, I would sell, and I'll tell you why. Um, no, 
this isn't the first time we've seen Paul George ball out in the regular season. Um, you know, he had a historically bad playoff run last year. Um, and I have to give him credit where it's due. You know, the whole internet was on his arse after those performances. Um, and that could easily knock a player's confidence beyond no return. But I think PG, PG deep down knows he, he's that guy. Like, but, um, and he's shown that obviously in the regular season. But that question would always loom over his head. Can he do it in the playoffs? It'll, it's always going to loom over his head until he shows us otherwise. And you know, back in the day, in his Indiana days, he, he was a good playoff performer going up against those, you know, those Miami Heat teams in the, in the early uh, LeBron Cavs. But not the, not the first time he's on the Cavs, the second time, obviously. But, um, but since he's, since he, he moved to Oklahoma and since he's been in LA, he hasn't shown us anything in the playoffs. And ultimately, um, you know, this Clippers team is going to be judging how they perform in the playoffs and on if they win a ring or not. They've invested into these two superstars. That has to be their expectations. Um, so this regular season success is all well and good, but this isn't what people are going to remember Paul George for. People are going to remember Paul George for hitting the side of the backboard so far. Can you turn that image around? Only time will tell. But from what I've seen in the past, I'm going to have to sell because he doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence in the clubs. So I've just seen on Twitter, um, <clears throat> Paul George, uh, no, Paul Pierce just said, uh, he's, Luka Doncic has a lot, a, lot of hit, a lot of me in him. Pause. But yeah, uh, oh, that's, that's no, interesting. No, he didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> We weren't even getting this guy thinks he's Kobe. I'm sorry, those 2008 Celtics, man. There's something about them, man. I swear they think they're a a dynasty, yeah. But anyway, let's, yeah. Uh, Paul George, I don't think you understand. Like, as much as I crown on him, yeah, I want I want to buy it so bad. Like, I really want to believe that he, I really want to believe this is this, like, this is the time that he, he really goes forward. Like, honestly, when they made that deal for him. I, I fully thought it was all behind him, honestly. But he's just shown too much. You know, he just it's happened too many times uh, for me to really believe in him. I mean, if we're talking about the regular season, I mean, do I believe that he could finish, you know, as a top three to five candidate in the, in the regular season? Absolutely. You know, he's shown that. Uh, but I don't know what it is. It doesn't make sense. Like, he's not he's not Giannis. He's not Siakam. There's no, there's, there's not like a, part of his game that shouldn't translate to playoffs. You know, he's he doesn't have an offensive weakness. He he's a two way player. He's an elite defender, you know, he he can shoot, he can play make. So I don't understand what that block is. It has to be mental, but yeah. it's just something about him where I just don't have any confidence in him in, like in the playoffs. So yeah, I'd have to sell too. Yeah. Uh but it, yeah, it it just frustrates me though because like it's actually when he's when he's lining it up, like it's he's so fun to watch play. Yeah, for sure. Like he's so smooth, you know. He he'll put moves together and things like that. But um, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me. But uh, yeah, I can't. I'm not about to get fooled again, you know. I I can see I can see. We've been here too many times. We've been here I can see times. playoff P or pandemic P trending in a few months' time for sure. Pandemic. I have a lot of posts for it too. So pandemic yeah. P has to be one of the funniest slander names ever. <laughs> That is, we haven't thought that. It should be proud of PG, PG 13% as well. I love that. I like. <laughs> I've never heard that one. That's a good one. Uh, 
But yeah, I think I think we're both, you know, we got we I think we both have trust issues in Paul Jones, we'll put it that way. I mean, I've I've witnessed it first time. The last yeah. time MEPG was trending, I mean, I I really thought, I really thought 2018 was or 2019 was his year. Yeah. So yeah. What's the next one? I uh, will go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh. Who? They're I mean, fun, they man. they are fun to watch. Fun, uh, man. They seem to have worked it out with their backcourt uh, to a way that they really fit together. Um, Drummond. Sexton, as they're calling it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They're, 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 yeah. They're, they're definitely balling. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you you can talk more about them. You've probably watched them more than I have. Yeah, I've, I've watched I've watched two or three of their games, um, and obviously the word I would use to describe them is fun. Um, but they're they're the type of team that would be on either side of a blur. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like one night, Darius Garland and Conor Sexton would light the team up for like 50 combined, blow them up by 15, but then they they also have the potential to get blown up by 20. So it's one of those really, teams. How, yeah, how um, reliable is their, is their play? So how much of it, from the games you've seen, how much of their wins are down to something sustainable and how much are they just someone going off? Um, that's a good question. I think... Uh, the, their production is is pretty funneled in the in the sense that it all is you know they're they're very good in their their main strength from what I've seen is is them in transition so they're good at forcing turnovers and getting out in transition that's their main strength from what I've seen. Uh, Colin Sexton I feel like is a walking bucket I feel like he could score on anyone so that's where I see most of their offense coming from. Um, but that's the question: is that sustainable? You know, is having one player that can score very sustainable. Uh, obviously, Sexton, Drummond, yeah. Drummond grab, grabbing 26 rebounds a game helps as well. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think they'll be around that playing kind of eight-seed range. So that's why I think I'm going to buy Cavalier stocks, actually. I'm going to buy Yeah, now Sexton, Sexton is a baller. I, I remember my first yeah. introduction to was uh, my pro- proper one was I think when he back when he was playing for Alabama I think uh, the like most of the bench got um, I think they they were having a lot of foul trouble and then uh, oh, an altercation broke out yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then a lot of people got ejected so it was, it was 3v5 yeah, for the rest of yeah. the game yeah. and he he was just lying out lying out the first time I saw him, it's, it's that meme, seeing the guy staring at him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. I, saw I, didn't even I, realize I was that. like, what? Like, when he got in the league, I was like, wait, that was Colin Sexton. Yeah, I didn't even realise that was him at the time. Just like with, um, I remember this video back in the day of uh, Lonzo Ball when he ankle broke, where he broke someone's ankle and then helped them up. Like, I, yeah, yeah, in, in, in Chino Hills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, was, it, was it Colin Sexton he broke? No, 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 it was just... Oh. I just didn't realize it was uh I, I didn't know Lonzo. Oh, you didn't know it was Lonzo. Uh, yeah, I didn't know Lonzo at the time. But yeah, um, yeah, I'd have to buy it too. I think they're they're showing, uh, they're sh- they're definitely showing a lot of potential. Um, the East isn't like ridiculously hard. Uh, yeah. at that bottom, at the bottom of the East, and then also you've got Kevin Love, who's you know had had some injury issues, and he hasn't even you know played to his potential yeah. yet. 
So they have they have even more room to improve. Uh, they've got a decent mix of veterans and young players. Yeah. So with the acquisition of uh, Javel McGee as well, so I yeah I, I I'd, I'd buy two. Uh, I think I think they can uh, stay around that competitive uh, that um, yeah. that that seven through ten to get yeah. into that tournament. If the question was, am I buying stocks in Colin Sexton? I'm taking everything you've got as well. I really like Colin Sexton. I think he's a very good player. But um, Cavs, I'll buy but cautiously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't buy as as many stocks. But um, and also they've got a D Wade on the roster as well, so they're fine. <laughs> yeah, they got. Uh, yeah, they got their first D Wade. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> Only me. Yeah, D Wade played for the Heat his whole career. I. I I don't know why people keep making that. I don't understand the connection there. I've seen photoshops of him in the Bulls in a cab but I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know what that's yeah. about. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, let's move <laughs> to, the, to the next, next stop. Yeah, uh, with this one, we'll go over the Absolutely I mean, balling. You know, that we all envisioned that with, with, this, with the Chris Paul, with the, after Chris Paul's last season... Um, yeah. And combined his last season combined with you know their bubble performance, we envisioned them you know being that top four type team. But I mean they've got the best record in the, have they got the best record in the league? No, yeah, they've got the second best record in the league, but their first seed in the West right yeah. now at six and two. So they're they're absolutely boiling out of their minds. I mean, uh, I mean, how can you not buy these stocks? Um, mm-hmm. You know they're. Top of the top of the West right now, um, and that's a long long cry from the playoff twenty team they were last season. Uh, well, obviously the question is going to be with this team as it is with all the emerging teams, can they keep it up? But looking at their roster, I think they can. You know, maybe not top first seed, but uh, you know, I do expect them to make the playoffs this season. You know? uh, and the crazy thing is, Demi Booker hasn't even been that good. Um, and they're still... This boy players. isn't doing anything crazy either. Yeah, but it, I think it's just, you know, I think it's just a change, as we said before with um, with the Knicks, I think it's a change in mentality as well. I mean, they brought in Jay Crowder as well, who's one of my favourite role players in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. I really like Jay Crowder's game. Yeah, Jay Crowder. Um, Mikel Bridges has been superb this yeah. season as well. And then just, it's just, it's just building off of last season. Uh, yeah. And they got... um. That ain't no run in the bubble. Eight and zero in there in the bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went eight and zero in the bubble. Yeah, with some players by by hair. But yeah, this 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 team, I'm I'm definitely invested. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to say uh, Monty Williams. He he brought in a culture change for them for sure. Yeah, I remember him back. He he used to be an assistant coach with uh with OKC, and I think he was a head was he a head coach with coach with uh. Jonas as well, but yeah, he's been he's been a, he's been a great coach for a while. He's definitely a coach that rides for his players. Definitely a coach, uh, a players' yeah. coach. So yeah, just their overall culture there. Um, they're really giving uh, Devin Booker a chance right now. And I think what we've seen this season with the Suns, with uh, the Hawks, is that you know a lot of these players they are just ballers. Like there is, there's. Yeah. Like calling them, you know, empty stats or saying, you know, he can't win when they don't have the opportunity, you know, with Trey Young, with yeah. you know, Devin Booker. Like, you can tell when a player is just that, he's just that good, you yeah. know. 
Uh, and it's unfair to put these expectations on to on these players to, you know, get into the playoffs straight away when oftentimes a lot of them aren't, you know, they don't get the opportunity to be Luca and being drafted to a stable franchise all the time. Like, a lot of the time they are being expected to be, you know, they're expected to be a saviour to a bad team most of the time. So, uh, but it's great to see. It's really great to see that they're not being... Uh, they're not being, you know, held hostage to terrible franchises, and these franchises have been able to turn it around. Yeah, both the Hawks and the Suns. Yeah, I think teams are getting smarter of how to use their top picks in terms of like they're they're prioritizing uh, the team around them. Uh, like you saw, even even in New Orleans, like they're trying to build a team around Zion as well. Um, so I think teams are getting smart in that regard. Uh, you know, tanking is kind of is kind of uh, becoming less, less and less popular. Yeah, and it's become uh, decentivized as well with a new draft format. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's not. It's not as guaranteed that yeah. you're going to get that first pick or that top three pick, even if you are the worst team in the league. As we mm. saw with the Knicks, <laughs> who lost like almost thirty straight games and didn't even get the didn't even oh, get a top yeah. three pick. I got the uh, sec, uh, the third pick. So yeah. Um, yeah. And then also with this, going back to the Suns though, uh, a lot of these teams that would rival them for those, you know, those top few seeds are, are also teams that went deep into the playoffs. So they're less likely to, you know, really go hard in this regular season. Yeah. So it gives them a chance to really emerge as well. Yeah. But even even if they do, you know, get a, get a top seed, um, you know, they've got guys like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder that can you know, that have that experience. They have those those pieces now with the playoff experience. So um, you, I don't I don't really I don't see them being uh, you know going to the finals or anything. But I, I expect them. You know, people like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder to give these younger guys yeah. on the roster who don't we, have we the experience. Were... Yeah, we were a fringe player, uh, a fringe second round team almost last year, and we don't have the we don't we didn't yeah. have quite as much talent or um, veteran players as the Suns do now. So I definitely, yeah, they're definitely built for players as well. So uh, yeah. yeah, definitely buy, definitely. So I'd buy, buy, buy Suns stocks while you can, people. So next we'll go with Christian Wood. Give me uh, all of that, all of that. Absolutely, Love Christian Wood. we talked about him. Enough. I mean, he, yeah. he's been a player that it's been interesting. Uh, you know, my, uh, my, I spoke to Manus. I think he saw him quite a, a couple of years back in the summer league, just bowling. And yeah, he's bowled, box, wasn't it? Box. Yeah, every time he's really got opportunity in his career, he's bowled. Like a lot of that time, it came in, you know, it came in, you know, garbage time of seasons, you know, towards those latter months where teams weren't playing their players. But it's strange that no team really, like, took a chance on him, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking, like, especially those teams that really have nothing to lose. Yeah. And then, obviously, he, he finished the season with uh, New Orleans where he, he was balling and then uh, signed with the the Pistons. Mm-hmm. And then the Pistons obviously saw something because they traded, they, they felt confident trading away uh, Drummond uh, to, to really run the offense through him to run yeah. the team through him but then i guess they decided they'd rather have uh mason Plumley. so <laughs> and he he has a steal of a contract as well i think he's making is he making like less than 10 million a year crazy what i think i that was for the lotus i mean incredible pick 
Just Christian Wood looks like he could be a guy that, you know, a 20 and 10 guy for the rest of his career. Um, he honestly has all-star potential and he has honestly only off because a lot of, a lot of people compare have started to compare him to Avi Davis which obviously he's nowhere near that on a defensive yeah. end but offensively I mean he is he's probably a better three-point shooter than Avi Davis not as good of a mid-range shooter yeah. but I mean offensively they're, they're they're very very similar and if he can just even be an average defender uh he he could be he actually he honestly has um all-star perennial all-star you know potential yeah as he, he looks like the perfect big right now in this age yeah i, I was gonna say he, he looks like the perfect big for the rockets as well because um Absolutely. You know, from, from what i've watched of them like the two guards and him they really have a perfect understanding like I've, he's yeah. going off for logs he knows when to cut he knows when to pull out and give james Harden his space um you know he he's got a very all-rounded, at least offensive skill set, um, and he, he's not—he's not someone that's going to take too many touches. He—he he gets, he gets. He's efficient with it, yeah, but he can efficient. handle the ball, though. He, he can he handle. Can the do, ball. but very like that—that's not what the Rockets need, which is good because yeah. he can—he can step away from that as well. And you know, exactly. as you said, he's efficient. He doesn't need many and, touches to get yeah. his points. And as the Rockets, you know, pivot away from that, you know, they had quite a extreme system last. Uh, before where it was kind of like exclusively through Harden, the rest are just, you know, spot shooters. And then it was just three or nothing. Uh, we, we, you know, signing um, uh, Coach Silas, they were able to, you know, kind of diversify their offense a bit more, you know, get more mid-range shots going, you know, be less predictable. And obviously Silas was at the, he- at the helm of uh, a historic Dallas Mavericks offense last year. So, yeah, not only do we buy stock, but I think Harden should buy stock. I don't, if I'm Harden, I don't know why. I don't really see any yeah. reason. I, I feel like they've put enough confidence. They should have put enough confidence in him to at least, you know, play this season out. Yeah, yeah. I think well, I think that, that's what he will do. But, um, yeah, I think... The this might be the best all-round team. team. Yeah, this might be the most... The best all-round team they've had since, you know, yeah. 2018. yeah. I, I I agree, hundred percent. I think they've got and with know, a better offensive system as well. Yeah, um, but you know this is just, this is just a reminder to people that um, you know, play, NBA players like they develop in all different type of ways in terms of in terms of time. Like Christian Wood is twenty five, um, you know, but he's just kind of burst onto the scene in the, in the last year. Um, you know. It's it's a it's a testament and it's a reminder that you know, not not kind of to be so critical of, of players exactly, if yeah. they're if they're not don't make an instant impact because it does take yeah. some people longer. Um, not not every not every rookie can you know drop thirty points in a game seven yeah. like Lou Dort you know like. <laughs> See, I thought you being serious there. But... I am. <laughs> Yeah, you did, did it. But. <laughs> he did do that. No, but um, yeah, there's there's a different path for everyone. Everyone's yeah. a lot. Everyone's very quick to you know uh, say bust about a player. You know, you saw Michael Fultz, who you know he just had his season-ending injury, yeah. which is terrible to see. But Sorry. he's taken a while, but he's he's got there. Yeah. And what people don't understand is that the league is getting younger and younger. You're getting, uh, you know, before in you know MJ's day or in Magic's day or in uh, period before that. Uh, 
rookies would come in after three, four years of college, uh, you know, polished at like the age of like 22, ready to go. I mean, even Westbrook, uh, Curry, they, they stayed two, three years, you know. The one and done uh, in college has become more prevalent now uh, over the last decade. And now you're even having players, you know, skipping that and going to the G League. And then now, you know, Lamelo who went overseas. Uh, and over the next decade, you're going to start to see potentially players come straight out of high school. So you kind of have to give these players, you know, a chance to really grow to get used to the system, especially especially at guard, like guard position as well, because these players need to learn the league, you know, and really capitalise on the talent that they have. So expecting a player to just be, you know, Luca in his first season, that's just, that's just not realistic yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Um, let's, move, let's move on to the next, next stop. All right, so going with the San Antonio Spurs. It's, who a, are, it's a tough one. Yeah, they four are looking... Four. Yeah, they're, they're four and four. Uh, they're, you know, if any if any team is an example of culture, which we've said quite a few times yeah. in this episode, uh, they are. I mean, they've got they've got great coaching. Popovich, yeah. who before it was looking like he was kind of angling towards you know retirement with following the the Olympics, but it seems that he's just felt you know with the year that that's happened that he just he doesn't seem like he's gonna stop anytime soon. And you've got players that are emerging within there, you know. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is bowling. Yeah, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge bought out. Uh, they just picked up a win against the Lakers, which yeah. is very impressive. And you've just got ancillary players around that who are just the young. Their young core are starting to uh, pick up as well. So yeah, they're like just looking Murray, at that consistent team. Kelvin yeah. Johnson is going to break out stuff then. Yeah, um, they look like they're trying to start on another twenty-year uh, streak of playoffs <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, it is a tough one, though. Um, you know, it's it's definitely not the most talented roster in the world. Um, I think a it's lot good of their hidden gems. Yeah, I think a lot of their success is you know is Popovich turning these players into like he max he, he's good at maximizing production out of a player. Yeah, uh, Popovich. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, four and four. It's, it's, it's pretty reminiscent of what we've seen of the Spurs of late of the past three, four years. Um, I don't know. I just don't see... I don't see anything that's it's too different. different. They look it's better different. than last year, but not... Yeah. To me, at least, not exponentially better. Yeah. Um, uh, not to the point where I'm like, oh, wow, they're, they're a top five seed in the West. Like I think they'll be around the player. That's... That's what yeah, I mean. be competitive for sure. But yeah. just looking at the landscape of that Western Conference, um, there's just too many teams both below and above them that in, in the standings that um are more talented. Yeah. Uh they'll definitely be competitive. They'll definitely challenge the for Spurs that. Spurs will always be competitive, no matter they'll what. Always be. Uh that yeah, they they're not you're not gonna find them, you know, in the draft. You're not you're not gonna find them, you know, towards the top of the draft lottery yeah. anytime soon. But yeah, that. Yeah, I just don't see. It. At a certain point, you know, we 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 have just preached about culture, but at a certain point, talent does matter as well. Yeah, of course. And the the I West mean, is I think it goes fifty fifty talent and culture. Neither. Yeah, the, the, the West is too deep. The yeah. West is too deep. So I yeah. I I I don't think I would buy buy Spurs socks. 
Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's not nothing that really excites me. Um, I'm just kind of there, like it's the Spurs. Do you know what I mean? Um, what's next? And then finally, uh, we're gonna go with the Denver Nuggets, who, you know, start. Have struggled. I mean, um, Nikola Jokic hasn't struggled, but apart from that, uh, a lot of those players that had, uh, you know. Jamal Murray, who people, a lot of people thought that uh, the bubble was his breakout and that he'd look to push from that, has kind of gone back to his old ways of being fairly inconsistent. Yeah. Um, shout out to Manners. He, he was trying to argue with me that he was a top three uh, point guard last <laughs> in the summer. I was like, uh, you're going to, over the last two weeks, is that, is that what we're basing this off? But anyway, uh, yeah. Manners has had like three shout outs in this episode now. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, what's, what's happened to like, Someone like Gary Harris, you know, Gary Harris, like yes. two or three years ago, was a borderline all star. And um, Will Barton, he was a Will Barton as well, yeah, of the year candidate type. Yeah, uh, and they and they've now, just regressed. Like they're, now they're they're losing uh, uh Michael Porter Jr. who's struggling to yeah. deal with the COVID uh, restriction uh, the yeah. protocol. I know about that first time, bro. <sighs> so, yeah, but uh, he, yeah. the thing is, Mike, Mike Porter Jr. in the few games he's played has looked good. Um, so that's that's obviously going to be a mess for them. But you know, Jokic can't do it all by himself. Um, no, but this is you no, know, this is a team where they are right now. I would buy stocks. Yeah, I'd buy. I'd definitely buy. Because you know, I I like Mike Malone as a coach as well. I think Mike Malone is a good coach. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've got a well-rounded roster. Um, who I would expect to pick it up. You know, it's a team with a few years playoff experience on their belt now as well. They could just be, you know, having, you know, a bit of a hangover from the shortened off season, as so many teams are. Um, so, and I, you know, I, I, as I said, yeah, I do expect them to pick it back up. Uh, but I think with that, you know, definitely Jamal Murray is going to top his game. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is going to, you know, come back and hopefully pick up where he left off from. Uh, and they need they need people, vets like Paul Millsap to be those glue guys, and you know doesn't have to the, the box score doesn't have to be impressive, but they just got to do the things that don't show up on the box score. Because um, you know, this is a team that's going to want to build on you know they they beat the Clippers in the playoffs last year. They're going to want to build on that success. That for them for the Denver Nuggets that is a successful uh, playoffs. So they they're going to want to build on top of that now. You know you've got a top 10 player in the NBA on your team, uh, you've got talented pieces around it, build on it. That's what they're going to want to do. And you know, only time will tell. Yeah, I think the Nuggets have proven throughout the last you know, uh, few months that they, that you should always buy stock on them when they're at a low point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'd definitely buy on them. They're not going to, they're not going to fit. They're not going to be dropping the lottery this, se- this yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, I look, I look, I look at those Pelicans up there at the fifth. That's kind of where I'd expect them to finish. Mm-hmm. If yeah. yeah, at the end of the season, uh, yeah, Jokic is just playing at a, at a level. See, last season uh, he he finished at this level, but going into it, he was kind of out of shape, and you know he struggled. They struggled early last season as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, slow starts in this in this uh, shortened season are a lot more detrimental, and. You know, I feel bad for the Grizzlies who've lost 
you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. and now Ja Morant, uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to recover from that. But yeah, as you're seeing, a lot of these slow starts are, they, they mean a lot more with, uh, you know, 10 games less of the season. Yeah. And with, you know, you, you kind of want to, whilst you have your team healthy, you want to ball because you don't know any moment uh, you can lose half of your roster. So, yeah. but yeah, no, I, if you've got a player like Jokic, you've got you to have faith in that team because he, he's, he's one of those players that even, even if he's not a top five player, he has that kind of impact yeah. um, on the team. Does and, everything, doesn't he? He's, he's, at, yeah, the, he, he, he's, he's at the centre of everything good about that team. And he does it so effort, effortlessly mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I, yeah, I trust him to go up. I definitely buy stock in them. See, see when what's always funny to me when like Jokic just hits a clutch shot, it's like it's so effortless. And, like, he doesn't care after. Either. Yeah, and and his his, his shot is like so hierarchical as well. It just like floats into the net. Yeah, yeah. I had him in my yeah. I had him in my fantasy league last year. Shout out to Madison again who traded me. Uh, Gallinari, <laughs> Gallinari, oh. and yeah. Manus might as well come on the podcast. The amount of times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminding him as a guest next week. Yeah. He gave me Gallinari and an injured. No, I I traded him Gallinari and an injured uh, Blake Griffin for Nikola Jokic, <laughs> and uh, he had he had like three game winners in like a like in a pretty short stretch. Yeah, like, he he just it's just effortless with him. That that um that wrong foot right leg uh, step back. It just is cold, man. Yeah, that is made away. That is wild. And yeah, yes, they just had that pull up. Like he's just about his business. He's the most he if he doesn't win MVP, I mean he's he's definitely the fantasy league MVP because that guy, he just he just giving me guaranteed forty minimum. I mean he he I just, actually yeah, I have him in my um my other league, not the league with you guys, but I have him in the other one. And I made sure he was one of my first picks because I was like this guy will get like he's not gonna get you below thirty five points ever, pretty much. Um, so I've got him and Luca, which I feel is a bit unfair for the rest of the guys in my league. Yeah, that, that's last night. You must have had a good yeah, night. Yeah, good night last night. Um, but yeah, I think we'll we'll, we'll definitely be buying them and Nuggets stocks for sure. Um, it's one of my favorite teams in the league, you know. I think they're fun to watch as well. So I hope they get they, they get. They back. are. I didn't. I, I forgot to mention they are definitely missing uh, Jeremy Grant. That, oh, that, for that, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That like that is a loss. That yeah. I, yeah, I'm not quite sure about. Obviously, I think it was more of him uh, boring, wanting. He wanted a bigger role, and he's yeah. proved that he deserves that bigger role. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that is that's. I was, I was absolutely, I was, I felt, I was down bad when, uh, you see that off season we had, that off season where, so they traded obviously Paul George and they shortly traded uh, Jeremy Grant afterwards, and I was thinking like, when when I was most because obviously the Paul George one came as a shock more, yeah. and then the Russ one was just like at that point I was like, yeah, I know it's gonna happen anyway, like it's inevitable. But that I did not see the Jeremy Grant one happening, and I don't. Who knows how our season would have went if we kept him? But and yeah. I'm pretty sure we got like one first for him or something like that. But yeah, he when he was with us when he first came to us, he was very raw, a uh, very raw talent. But yeah, he's just that. Play, he he has improved every single year. Uh, yeah, he's one of those very respectable guys. shooter. You know, can create his own shot now, and yeah, he he's he's incredible, man. I hope he ends up on a contender at some point. Yeah. Again. 
Well, I, I wanted to I wanted to add one more stock if that's all right. That's um, yeah. And you know me, number one. Ah, oh, Kobe White. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, the, I'm the number. <laughs> I would... I'm the president of the Kobe White fan club. Yeah. Um, and I've been urging these boys in our fantasy chat and you for a long time to buy stocks while they're low in Kobe White. Because I'm telling you, this guy this guy is going to be a star one day. Um, obviously, Kobe White started the season slowly. You know, he he lit you guys up. Um, he lit the thunder up in the preseason. preseason. Yeah. So, oh, that doesn't. So, that's not the season. That's not. That's preseason, right? No. Yeah. He lit you. He lit you guys up in preseason. Um. And you know, All right. I got. I got very. You know, maybe a bit ahead of myself, but um, I, I was seeing things in preseason that I was like, I was seeing very promising signs. Um, I was telling everyone to invest stocks. Then he, he starts the season pretty trash. I'm not gonna lie to you. But last two games. Career high thirty six points hit the Sacramento Kings. Um, Kobe White is here and he's here to stay. What? But are you investing in us? Question, Josh. Uh, as an individual player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would. He looks like an individual. He, yeah, he's definitely he's a bucket. Uh, my question before was about his fit with uh, Zach Levine. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't watched. I've, I've I think I've watched like one Bulls game, and that was when they played the Wizards. Yeah. But um, how? Yeah, how is their fit at this point? Um, because they seem like they kind of like. I think I think I naturally, seen. you know, coming out of college, Kobe White was probably more suited to play the two guard. Um, and obviously that's Zach Levine's position, but I think he's slowly moulding into a better passer and a better decision maker, um, which is key, you know, in, in his maturity. Uh, so, you know, I think as as Kobe White starts to nurture into that role more, then he'll, you know, that fit will get better and better. Um, you know, we started to pick up some wins in our last few games, so uh, I think that is down to that partnership improving. Um, I think they've just got to take turns handling the ball, pretty much. Uh, those yeah, how are they use? How is uh, Billy Donovan? Is he using him similar to how he was using uh, us, like our three guard lineup? With yeah, it will. It will be like they'll take turns bringing the ball down the court, kind of thing. Um, no, I think he, he likes to ride the hot hand a bit, uh, so that's why you know Kobe White on his thirty-six point nine shot the ball very well, but you know a lot, a lot of the game went through him. Uh, he shot sixty five percent in that game, but um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a a balance they still have to find, but it's it's slowly getting better and better. Um, but yeah, for Kobe White, I see a lot of things that I like, but the best version of Kobe White will come when he's as aggressive as he can possibly be. I've seen a lot, and this is typical of a second year player, but a lot of the times he is a bit timid. Uh, to take shots or to or to ISO or you know use his skill set to his full potential basically. Um, but what I am seeing from him, uh, he can create his own shot. He he's he's making better decisions with with passes, uh, like when to pass when to shoot. Um, his off the ball movements are proven. So I'm I'm just I'm really liking what I'm seeing in the second year. Um, I shouted about him being the most approved candidate. Maybe that's a bit premature. 
But yeah, stocks have fully been invested in co-work for me for a while. But I'm just trying to get people to see the vision, man. Because when it's too late, it's too late. Those stocks are going to be expensive one day. And I would urge everyone listening to this to also invest in Kobe White. Yeah. Have, uh, have, just have, you seen, have you seen much of him? Kobe White? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've seen, I've seen highlights. I'm not going to lie, I haven't watched a full Bulls game yet. But as I said, past I don't blame you, to be fair. This is game. Uh, but um, now, nah, from what I've seen from him, yeah, he's a baller. You've got a lot of just pure scorers, you know. Yeah. Him and, uh, Zach Levine. How's, how's uh, baby Kawhi doing? Steady, steady. Uh, you know, he's, I think we're, we're, we're starting him every, like, he's a, he's a starter for us. But um, we're not, we're not, you know, giving him too big of a role just yet. Yeah, he's not, he's not playing too many minutes. Um, yeah. But well, and Laurie Laurie Markham has been out with he uh, he had a COVID oh, test, yeah, yeah. COVID test. But um, yeah. yeah, that that fit doesn't look as as uh, you know as bad as it maybe would have. Uh, we were seeing as people saw Patrick Williams as power forward. Uh, I think Patrick Williams is pretty suited as a modern day small forward. You know, he's got the length; he can hit. He's got a good jump shot. Uh, he's athletic. So I think that's where his future lies at, at that three spot. Um, Great, then. you've got a good young quarter. Yeah. We've, we've got a good core. It's just about putting it together and turning it into wins. Um, and as we, as we said earlier, and we mentioned all throughout this episode, the mentality has to be the first thing. And obviously our mentality on the Jim Boylan was that of a team that's tanking. You know, go down by 10, you, you just give up. Mentality was, I, I wish... Billy because you're a Bulls fan last year, you'd probably rather watch practices than uh than games because he he was taking out <laughs> he was taking yeah. out players in close fourth quarters to get ready. Yeah, for Kobe, practice. Kobe White was the he was the MVP of practice last year. He's putting out forty in practice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, Billy Donovan, I think uh, one of the biggest jobs he'll have is is changing the mentality of that team, and I think a lot of that also comes down to. No, a player that I already think has that mentality, uh, Zach Levine. I know Zach Levine has that one. I know Zach Levine wants to win. Um, you know, Zach Levine's been on losing teams his whole NBA career so far. So, you know, he, he must be getting a bit frustrated at this point. So, you know, hit him, Billy Donovan, some more senior players, they, they've got to be responsible for that change in mentality. Um, and I think that'll be the biggest stumbling block because there's no doubt there's talent there throughout the roster. Um, but yeah, we just we just got to we just got to see see what the future holds for the Bulls. But Kobe yeah. White, keep doing you, man. Keep doing you. Yeah, yeah, I'd buy that. All right, before we finish, uh, a report a, a report came that just came to my attention about a film session with the Hawks, where uh, John Collins reportedly shared that he disagreed with Trey Young running the whole offense for the Hawks. And uh, Trey Young has disagreed, obviously. And uh, basically, the the deep the deeper dive into it was just really about how he feels like uh, Trey. He feels like that uh, Trey Young should go into offensive sets more quickly. He kind of dominates the ball too much, and uh, some of his early shot clock attempts, you know, from deep and things kind of leave his teammates on the outside looking in yeah. not feeling very involved and he feel like he doesn't he's not very involved in the in the 
in the game and uh, he's expressed a desire for more uh, ball movement and flow to the offense. So obviously uh, coming into this season, uh, John Collins declined uh, an extension, uh, believing that he was worth more. Yeah. So you, ha- you have to think that on a contract year, that that's you know, going into this, uh, into how he feels right now. Um, it is worrying a little bit because obviously the, the Hawks had like a great start, but then since then, uh, they're now four and four. Um, so yeah. you don't want to see, you know, John Collins is a, like, might be like the best fit player, both age and just play style with Trey Young. So you don't want to, you don't want to lose that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit worrying to see them, you know, having the, in, in some ways it's normal, you know, it's just like, I've played on a team before, you know, you have these kind of discussions and things. And so obviously you'd rather have it early in the season and work it out, but it's interesting to monitor. Yeah, well, it, the thing that worries me about that is that it's, you know, it's so early on in their their time together. You know, this is their third season. Um, and these, these questions are already uh, being, being uh, discussed. Uh, but that probably comes with, you know, they've probably got higher expectations for this season. You know, when, when in the first two seasons, they were kind of expected to lose, but now they're expecting to win with the talent they've got on their roster now. So, um, no, egos are always going to clash. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into this. Um, yeah, think, they've had a lot of turnover in the last offseason, so there's going to be fit. There's going to be growing yeah, pains. Um, for sure. I think there's too much to it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I don't think there's too much to read into this one yet, but we'll see how it develops. Do you, the, but does does John Collins strike you as someone that's a bit of a, a hothead? No, nah, I don't even think. I doubt it was even, you know, I, I doubt it was even that heated of an argument, to be honest. I, th- I just think uh, he just wants to be involved more. Obviously, there are, you know, ulterior motives there because if you're on a contract year and you're trying to prove that you're worth a max, um, you're going to want to be involved in the offense more uh, so you can put up those numbers to prove it. Um, obviously, Trey Young is boiling out of his mind, but I can see that you know uh, he might he might feel like you know it's kind of ISO heavy and it's kind of you know yeah. dominates the ball too much possibly but um, and this is going to come out when you're you know this didn't happen you know when they reeled off that quick start but obviously if you're losing you're going to start to look at those those things you know those things that you let go you're like oh Treyon's going off and we won the game so I don't care but as soon as you start to lose a game, you're going to think, you know, why is he not involving more people? So, yeah, it's yeah. just one of those things. Early in the season, this is what happens in seasons, you know. Um, it's not a big deal right yeah. now. Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you did get to this point, thank you very much for sticking around with us. Um, yeah, 2021, we're, we're going gonna to try to grind this out, man. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening, as always. We're out. Peace.